Welcome to the Finding a Job Podcast, a Ben J. Schaap LLC production. In this podcast, we share the stories of world-class business leaders as they discuss their professional journeys, job search strategies, and tactics that have led them to career success. If you're looking to find a fulfilling, well-paying career path, this podcast will unearth the tools and tips you need to expedite your learning curve and avoid common roadblocks that face people entering the working world. Now here's the host of the Finding a Job podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the Finding a Job podcast. Today we're going to reveal some of the practical job search tips and strategies you need to land a great first job. Joining me is Leslie Mittler, who is the co-host of the Finding a Job podcast and a career coach and co-founder at Early Stage Careers. Leslie's company is a service that helps college students bridge the gap between their education and their first job. And today, Leslie and I are going to talk about how to use social networking to improve your opportunity to land a great job. Okay, here's my conversation with Leslie Mittler, career coach and co-founder at Early Stage Careers. Leslie, welcome back to the Finding a Job podcast. Thank you very much. Today, we're going to talk about something that is kind of a gift and a curse for job searching and also, you know, the way that you present yourself publicly can be very useful for work, very useful personally, can also be very dangerous. We're going to talk a little bit about social networking. Off the top of your head, can you just give me your thoughts on, you know, there's various social networks out there. What are some of the ones that you think are important when you're thinking about a job search? Sure. Well, other than our last conversation, when we talked about LinkedIn, I think the next level of tools that we're talking about would be Facebook, Twitter, and having a personal website. And I think they can all be used in a job search effectively and can help you to reach an audience that goes beyond the audience that you can reach on LinkedIn, for example. So we mentioned that social networking can be both a gift and a curse when it comes to your job search. I think the first one we want to talk about is the Facebook and Instagram platforms. They're the biggest social network conglomerate in the world. Virtually everyone has some sort of a social networking profile on, you know, the Facebook owned properties, uh, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, there's a, a handful of other ones. Leslie, talk to me about some of the ways that you see your customers using Facebook and Instagram. And what are some of the advice that you give them to manage those profiles? So there are going to be two different groups of people who are going to be using Facebook, Instagram, using those platforms. One are going to be people who are trying to reach out through their network to find other job opportunities. And the other group of people are going to be the people who are looking for jobs that require use of social media, and they're using it to demonstrate to a potential employer how well-versed they are and how creative they are with social media. So the first group comprises probably the largest number of people, and people really can use Facebook in different ways, like updating their status to letting their friends know that they might be looking to make a change in a career or might be looking for a particular job as long as you make sure that you don't make that information visible to everyone. You can follow the posts of people who interest you. So that could be recruiters, that could be employers that work at target companies. You can like company career pages. 
you can find leads that friends are sharing. Hey, my company is looking to bring in somebody, a marketing coordinator. If you're interested, reach out to me and I'll share the relevant information with you. You can join Facebook groups. And one of the more innovative things that I read about recently was somebody who actually took out their own Facebook ad and they targeted companies and industries that interested them. So maybe the ad said something like, I would like to work for a major advertising firm. So anyone who works at these companies was targeted by this ad. And if they clicked on the ad, it would bring them directly to this person's resume. So I think that's a pretty clever use. So Leslie, you know, I think you're talking about the ways that social networking and specifically the Facebook platform can be useful. It gives you an opportunity to reach out to your personal network, not necessarily your professional one, like the one you have on LinkedIn. Hopefully there's a lot of overlap between the two of them, but allows you not only to communicate about your job search interest, about some of the things that you've accomplished, to let people know that you're a free agent, that you're open and available, what you're looking for. Facebook has an advertising platform, as Leslie mentioned. It can help give you access to reach people that are outside of your network. You can also join groups and forums and start meeting other industry professionals. There are some dangers to using Facebook and the associated platforms as well in terms of how you broadcast who you are outside of work. Leslie, talk to me about some of the pitfalls of using social media platforms. Well, I think people forget that companies are likely to check out their Facebook page if they're serious about you as a candidate for a job. Not so much because they want to see you know, how you look in a bathing suit, <laughs> but because they want to learn about how discreet you are, learn about your integrity, learn about your habits. So you need to have a lens for what should be on your Facebook page that people can see publicly that will tell them something about you as a person outside of work, but not sort of step over the boundary of telling you more than they need to know. You know, I think you bring up a good point and you said it in sort of a joking way that, you know, it's not like the companies are there to check out what you look like in your bikini. On the flip side, there is a fine line and somebody that is potentially going to hire you wants to see how you're representing yourself personally, not necessarily professionally. It's fine. You can post pictures of yourself in your swimwear. If you are constantly posting suggestive pictures of yourself at parties, in compromising positions, not wearing very much clothes, that's something that can reflect how somebody is going to look at you professionally and wonder how you're going to fit into their organization. Now, look, I'm not saying that you shouldn't take whatever photos you want to publish and you can publish them in an appropriate fashion. You can share them with your friends. God knows I was in college once upon a time. I posted Lots of stupid stuff that I probably wouldn't post today about me going to parties and doing whatever I was doing because I was enjoying my college experience. Part of college is about discovery and figuring out how you are. Let's not pretend that it's not. Now, the problem that you can run into is people can judge you based on what you're doing. And if they think that they're getting a drunken sorority or fraternity boy, that's, you know, kind of the crowd that honestly I hung out with in college that can be potentially detrimental to how they view you professionally. So you have to try to be careful about what you're publishing or at least who gets access to those photos. So Leslie, when you're thinking about the content that you're publishing or have published, 
and you want to make sure that you're representing yourself in a professional fashion, but still also have the ability to be a college student, to be, you know, a young adult. What are some of the things that you suggest people looking for a job do to make sure that the photos that they have posted or are going to post don't get them in hot water with potential employers? Well, I think the first thing you have to do is go back through your content archive and social media and check your settings. So a very important point, and let's just dive into that for one second. The first thing you should do is basically audit your existing social profile, right? Go back through your archive, because honestly, maybe back when you were a sophomore, you posted that bikini photo and it was just a little too suggestive, or you went to that party and you just looked a little too intoxicated for it to be something that should be posted publicly, You can go back and leave those photos on. You can still document them. All of your friends can see them. Just go back and change the settings in Facebook so those are only available to the people who you have friend connections with or only connect them to your close friends so people that you want to be able to access them can do it. So my suggestion, and Leslie's, you know, I think you'll echo what I'm saying here, is go back through your existing content archive And just look at all the photos and all the comments. And if there's ones that you think potentially could get you in trouble and you just don't want to delete them, mark them so only the people who you have connections with can see them. No, I just wanted to say one other thing is that we don't usually take pictures of ourselves reading a book or riding a bicycle. But mix some of those in. Just kidding. (laughs) The pictures that we take are pictures of- Go take some photos at the library. (laughs) Our pictures of us on vacation, at parties, at fun events, at sporting events. But, you know, the pictures that you take, if you look at them in composite, they don't really reflect the way that you live 99% of your life, but they reflect the, you know, maybe- 10 or 20% of your life and the way you live that part of it. So I think that's why these pictures get misunderstood because there are so many of them of only you being happy and celebrating something because that's what we tend to take pictures of. Yeah, and that's fine. Nobody here is saying don't enjoy college, don't experiment. You know, obviously we want you to be safe, do everything within reason, but we're not your parents. That's their job to tell you what you should and shouldn't do. And it's your judgment to live your life the way you want to. Hey, look, that's part of being an adult, which is the transition that you're going through. And you'll look back in 10 years and look at some of these photos and be like, I was a dumbass. I never should have published that. I've done it. It happens to everyone. But if you want to present a professional image of you, even in your personal life, just go back through and filter some of the images and just make sure that you're aware of what photos you're presenting that anyone can get access to. And the second thing is, as you're publishing new content on social media, you need to continue to think about who gets access to it. There's an easy setting. When you're on Facebook, when you're on Instagram, there is the opportunity to publish a photo that is available to only the people you have connections to and to everyone. If it's a photo of you at school, at the football game, or at a community event or whatever it is, hey, those are great ways to show that you are engaged with the community and probably something that's going to reflect positively on you when you are being looked at by a potential employer. The party photos, maybe you just make those for your friends, right? Maybe those are behind the velvet rope only. Leslie, let's talk a little bit about some of the other social networks outside of just Facebook and Instagram. Those are the ones that employees are probably going to look at first There's a handful of other platforms that can be useful. Let's talk a little bit about Twitter, which is more of a 
content consumption platform shows a little bit more about what you're interested in, what you're thinking about. How do you suggest our audience think about using Twitter to their benefit? Okay, so one thought, and I'm not saying that this works for everyone, but one thought is to use the same headshot across all of your social media platforms. So the headshot that you use on LinkedIn is your profile picture on Facebook is the same picture that you use on Twitter. And the thinking behind that is that people will start to recognize you because they see your face three times and it's the same face that they're looking at. Not everybody agrees with that. Yeah, respectfully, I actually disagree. I think that your LinkedIn profile needs to be business professional. I think that that should reflect who you are in the workplace. And that is what you're going to look like at work your Facebook photo, your Instagram photo, Twitter, Snapchat. You know, I think that those are, even when a, somebody that's looking to potentially hire you, those are meant to be reflections of, of who you are outside of work. And so I think that you can show a little bit more personality in those photos. But, you know, obviously it's good to show your face so the person does get that connection and see that it's the same person and not say, okay, professionally this person looks one way, but then outside of the office they're, you know, a train wreck. Just try to show yourself being a responsible adult, even if it's in a different setting, or just use the same photo that's appropriate. When we're talking about Twitter, at least in terms of the clients that I've seen over the years, it tends to be the most underutilized of all the social media platforms. and. Actually, the fact of the matter is it's a really good way to establish yourself as kind of an expert in your area. And you do that by tweeting about what's happening in the industry, news, events, sharing advice, retweeting advice from other people in your industry, following industry leaders, and following companies. Or you can also follow recruiters that specialize in your industries. But one of the advantages is that there are many companies who will put their high priority job openings on Twitter before they even put them online. So it's really good to follow those companies that you're interested in because you may get the first shot at being able to apply to those jobs and they'll know just by the fact that you're applying through Twitter that you're an active user of social media and of Twitter. I agree that Twitter is a great way for you to engage with an organization. It's also another way for you to post professional content. I think from an employer's perspective, the things that they're likely to look at on your Twitter profile is what have you written? Are you writing about things that are related to your profession? Or are you writing things that are just like you would on Facebook, potentially unprofessional? There's always a story about a professional football player. I'm a big football fan who gets drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. And then somebody goes through their Twitter profile and they say something inappropriate. Don't be that person, right? Go back through your tweets just like you did with your Facebook profile and just call out anything that you think might have been racist, sexist, something that can potentially shine a bad light on you. I think that the other thing that you could do is if most of your Twitter thoughts have been not necessarily about work and you want to make sure that your Twitter profile looks professional, you just retweet a bunch of stuff that other people are interested in. And, you know, that makes it look like you have more volume and more activity, even if you're not constantly posting. But remember that those retweets also have dates next to them. So you don't just want to send 50 retweets out into the ether and say, okay, my Twitter profiles up to date, you want to cadence those out so it looks or you should be regularly active. And that'll help you if you're not going to publish content, you could republish someone else's content. 
I think that's a really good point. You know, it's sort of like Instagram when all of a sudden you think, oh, people are going to be looking at my Instagram account. So I'm just going to add a bunch of content in a few days. What they want to see is that you've been posting consistently over a long period of time. Yeah. And I think the other thing to think about with Twitter in the same way that you can in Facebook is it's a way to engage with people that are potentially influential to your job search. You can follow a recruiter on Twitter. You don't even have to engage with them, just follow them. And that way, if and when they do reach out to you, you could say, I'm a Twitter follower of yours. I saw that you posted this tweet and I thought it was interesting. That was a great article. It gives you the ability to understand what other people are writing about that's relevant to the company. Let's, let's move on and talk about outside of social networking. There's also the idea of just creating your own professional portfolio. Should everybody create their own website? How do you feel about the idea of a professional portfolio website? Well, I think professional websites can be terrific, but you better know what you're doing. So just to have a website but not put a lot of thought into it, not put a lot of content on it. That's not really going to do anything for anyone. It's like putting your name on LinkedIn without having a profile. So if you're going to do a website, you should really put the time and energy into developing it. Because the wonderful thing about a website is unlike a resume, which just sort of shows your skills, a website can give specific examples of things that you do. Videos, writing, photography, portfolios, you know, just to have a website to showcase your resume is really unnecessary. But if you have other work that shows the extent of your creativity, what your capabilities are, it's a way to differentiate yourself from other candidates. And as you spoke about with Facebook and Twitter, it is a way to express your personality, but not over those other platforms. So you can really infuse your personality in your website you can write blogs, which help to express your thoughts or ideas and publish them to your website. And it also increases the information about you that is out there that people can find and learn about you. I have a career-oriented personal website. The URL is benjshap.com. And there's a couple of different things that I've done on that website. The homepage is a kind of a general summary about who I am and some of the work that I've done and what my skills are. I have an experience page that highlights some of my experience. It's somewhat similar to what I would have on LinkedIn. There's a contact me form and it also has, and there's also a place for my blog and access to link to the other content that I've posted, whether it be on social networks or my podcasts, for example. Using Squarespace or other website builders is the easiest way to get a website up and running. It's relatively easy and inexpensive to create a professional-looking website, and I do think that having a domain name that is you know, specific to your name is something that is important as well. So if you can get your own name for the domain, um, I think that'll be a good thing. And it's also useful to put in your email signature to just when you send someone an email, it's the first thing that they're going to click is your website to get a little bit of information about you. Feel free to use my website or other ones that you can find that are professional as a template. Leslie, there's a handful of other social networks. There's Snapchat, Quora, Pinterest, YouTube, a whole bunch of these other ones. How often do you think about publishing content yourself and and how much should job seekers prioritize various other social networks? Well, personally, the network that I pay the most attention to is LinkedIn. 
And so, you know, that's something I'm frequently reading, updating, adding to, editing. But in our business, neither Jill nor I have time to really focus on pushing out our own social media posts. So as a practical point of view, we've had somebody who handles the rest of our social media needs. So that would be primarily Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And then when it comes to our company website, again, that's something that we do most of the editing for, but not applying all the edits. I'm a marketing consultant, so it's my job to have a good grasp on what's happening with all the various social networks. So I think that there is utility and an opportunity for you to engage with other social networks. And it really depends who you are, what type of job you're going after. But I do think that there is a reason and a place for a couple of different social networks. So let me just say a couple of different points. If you are interested in being an educator or if you're trying to describe that you have a unique skill set, right, you're an expert at design or you know how to do marketing, creating tutorial videos and putting them on YouTube, showing what your skills are is something that can be very useful when somebody comes and says, hey, can you give me an example that you know how to do performance marketing? because you don't have any real world experience doing it, you could say, I have a YouTube channel that actually goes through all of the different tests that I've run, showing what some of the results are. That can be a very powerful way to prove that you have experience. It makes you seem like you are an expert if you're the one teaching other people through videos. Another platform that's useful to not only get information, but to show that you have expertise is Quora which is a question and answer forum. And so you can engage with other people. You can engage with companies. Reddit is another place where you can find lots of interesting content. And there are lots of sort of subject matters that are specific to individual careers. So you can get more nuanced information. And the other social media platform that I'll mention is Snap. And this kind of goes back into the conversation about Facebook and YouTube. You know, obviously it's a very impactful and important social network. There's lots of people that are using it. I don't know how relevant it is as a social media platform in terms of the context of finding a job, but I do think it's another place where you have to make sure you are careful about what content is publicly consumable. So there are a bunch of different social networks that are out there. Engaging with communities that are available on social network is always a great way to build professional contacts, and those can feed into your LinkedIn, and they can be used as communication platforms to network into jobs. But you always have to be careful about what you're publishing and making sure that you're putting your best foot forward and showing that even when you're outside of work, you're somebody that a potential employer would want to hire and bring into their organization. Leslie, any last thoughts on how to use social media to help boost your job search or just not lose a job? Well, I'd just like to address one specific area, and that's people who are going into professions where social media is going to be part of the job that they're doing every day. And so those people have to look at their social media profiles a little bit differently because they have to represent an understanding that you know how to use social media to engage with audiences. And I think in that case, you want to make sure that you post a lot and often, and you want to post content that is relevant and interesting and creative. 
And the other thing that you can do in order to just kind of solidify your credentials in terms of social media is to get some social media certifications, which you can do online. There's, you know, Google Analytics, there's Hootsuite, there's HubSpot. There's a number of social media certifications, which not only somebody can look at your social media profiles and say, they're interesting, they're creative, they're into it, they do it often, but then you have the independent verification of your level of proficiency. I think that's great advice. And that wraps up this episode of the Finding a Job podcast. Thanks to Leslie Mittler, co-founder and career coach at Early Stage Careers for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Leslie, you can click on the link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send her a tweet at Early Stage Careers, E-A-R-L-Y-S-T-G-C-A-R-E-E-R-S. Or you can visit her company's website, which is earlystagecareers.com. A couple of links in our show notes that I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening, don't worry about it. We've got you covered. Just head over to fajpod.com. It stands for findingajobpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. If you're a subscriber to the Finding a Job podcast, thanks for being a member of our community. We'd love to hear from you. So we created faj.com slash question where you can send us your topic suggestions or your job search questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is FAJPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, pretty much everywhere. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a regular stream of job search tips and tricks in your podcast feed, we publish episodes a couple times a week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed soon. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to stay positive and keep networking.